Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 50 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. I am Ethan, you can find me on Twitter at VivaLaEthan. My name's Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. Alright, so we got a big, big episode with a ton of breaking news but before we do that when you think of 50 what's the first thing that comes to your mind i think we have the same one well if you're going driver probably but honestly if i think 50 in nascar i think 1998 ricky just, craven yes I, yeah. and I i just think 1998 in general yes like the logo the 50th anniversary logo i actually went to talladega that year oh yeah so i got to uh experience all the stuff with all the 50th logo merchandise and the, you know, the schedule t-shirts, uh, that they used to do. I think they still do those. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't see them as often. You find them in Walmart all the time, but I don't see them as often anymore, hmm. but yeah, Ricky Craven, they, uh, Hendrick motorsports changed that Budweiser number 25 to number 50 mm-hmm. specifically for 1998. And that wasn't, was that a Hendrick car? Yes. Yeah. It was okay. a, it's all 25. Okay, I thought it was the old 25, but I don't know. I didn't really like that paint scheme. If we're talking about the uh, Ricky Craven, the Budweiser number mm-hmm. 50, I don't know. I don't like how pointy the, the yeah, 50 was. They did the numbers like that just because that's how the NASCAR logo was. They just they took that 50th anniversary logo and just took the number 50 off of it and slapped it on the side of the car. Gotcha. I did, it was like on a shield or something. Yeah, I didn't I like did, it. I didn't either. Um it's better than the 50 car we got now, though. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that car is an eyesore mm. nowadays. That Man, that was the ugliest car last year at Daytona. I don't remember if it had the same paint job this year that it did last year. Oh, it did. That was the ugliest car. Yeah, it sure was. Um, another thing I think of when I think 50 is all the golden uh, die casts. Yes. That came out in 1998. Uh, now, Racing champions, they were the front runners of the die cast back then. Yes. They were the ones you saw in Walmart everywhere. It, they were the ones that you would buy special also, um, sometimes on like QVC or something when they have for race fans only. Yes. Uh, you could, you would buy a lot of action on there too, but racing champions had where they, they seemed like they had the exclusive gold uh, rights yeah. to 50. I remember not only did they have uh like a whole set a separate set from the regular stuff 
mm -hmm. right? That was all gold and gold packaging. But they released like classic cars, like 57 Chevys and stuff like that, painted up like NASCAR. And some of those were gold. And then they had 124 scale and they were all gold like that. And on top of that, I remember buying a Mark Martin Valvoline 24 karat gold 164 scale car. Ooh. I wish I still had this. I have no idea what happened to it. Oh, man. It was solid. Like it had the rubber wheels mm -hmm. and it had etched. Uh, the paint scheme was etched mm. in it. And it was a, a real like rolling die cast, 164 scale die cast. It came in like a little jewelry box. Yeah. It was, it was so cool. I don't know why I bought it. I think it was like 25 bucks. But I mean, back then, 1998 for a 164 scale die cast, that's a pretty good little chunk of change. And I don't know. I just, I was all in on the gold stuff. And then now I can go to any antique store and buy gold cars for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> They, they did so much gold stuff. Oh. It's just, they over they oversaturated it. But they did some special number 50 gold cars that didn't have a sponsor or anything like that. They were just solid gold with a white number mm -hmm. 50 on the side of them. And that's the kind of stuff I think about. 1998, man. Heck yeah. So we do have, uh, actually right before we record right now, we're recording on a Wednesday night, a little later in the week normal. Probably a good thing because... Um, you showed me something today that has something to do with Hendrick. Uh, do you want to yes. go into that? Yeah. So we can definitely uh, go into that. I think it was last week, right? We were talking about Hendrick's uh, penalties for the Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, William Byron, and uh, Alex Bowman's car. Was, wasn't that last week? Uh, yeah, we went into debt with it last week on a question from Tim. Yeah. So the initial... Um, what was it? The initial penalty was like a hundred thousand dollars per team. Yeah, so that's each. like yeah, yeah. And then it was like a hundred points. A uh, hundred was it a hundred points? It was a hundred like points. Yeah. Twenty five playoff points or something like that. Or am I thinking of I think that's right. Yeah. I thought it might be ten playoff points. Mm, yeah. But it was playoff points regardless. It was a hundred regular points and also playoff points deducted. I'm not sure exact number of playoff points, but um, real quick, the news that broke today, like just like an hour or so before we start recording, um, did did that have to do with um, the other team that got penalized? Was it Justin Haley? No. So uh, that was one thing that I was going to get into was I, this is just regarding the Hendrick Motorsports. It has nothing to do with the 31 of Justin Haley or Colic Racing. Well, that's so, not fair. Yeah, I'm super, super interested in that because, you know, as hard as it is, and it'll kind of be it makes a little bit more sense when I get to what the penalties, you know, what the actual penalty is now, um, which is there is not one. Uh, uh, well, it's it's half half taken away. Yeah, well, yeah, they don't get their money back. No. But <laughs> let me let me jump into this. So NASCAR tweeted a little while ago that the National Motorsports Appeals Panel ruled to amend the L2 penalty issued to the number 5, 9, 24, and 48 of Hendrick Motorsports. There is no loss of championship and playoff team owner and driver points. So the points get restated. Obviously, the money does not. So 
Um, all that hoofla that we were talking about, I believe it was last week about William Byron not having any sort of uh, playoff points, even though he's mm-hmm. first in the point standings, all that stuff is completely dissipated. Uh, dissipated? Sure. D- dissipated. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, I meant to say dissipated. <laughs> no, is that what I just said? Dissipated? You said dissipated. It's fine. Dissipated. Sorry. Yes. I, it was diluted and disciplined. Okay. We're moving on. So uh, <laughs> words are fun, especially tonight. Uh, so the, but the $100,000 fine and the four race suspension for Cliff Daniels, Rudy Frugal, Alan Gustafson, and Blake Harris remain in effect. So all those four drivers have lost their crew chiefs for the next four races and obviously the money is not come getting refunded so uh very interesting what what's your thoughts on this i kind of figured that was going to happen um i i i would like to they're not really giving any details of why i would like to know exactly what is going on with this because they felt it was penalty enough to to find them and suspend people, but it wasn't penalty enough to uphold the points penalty that they, they assessed on them. I'm not really sure what happened with that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense other than the panel just thinking that's way too harsh. Yeah. But it is a clear cut and dry rule in the NASCAR rule book. Don't mess with single source parts. Right. And they did it. I would, I'm guessing they found some reason why it was, uh, why they were allowed to mess with them a little bit. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious very about. curious as to why this is only for Hendrick and not for the 31. And, you know, for the people that I've seen on Twitter already that is like, oh, Hendrick paid NASCAR off. I don't $400, like $400,000. Yeah. yeah I mean, no <laughs> joke. Right. I mean, you're already spending almost half a million dollars. What's another, what's another, you know, <laughs> 200,000, whatever. Um, you know, it's hard to disagree with someone. I know, like um, in the uh, in the Marvel's Fantasy Cup driver, uh, Josh J. Uh, he lives locally, and we see. I he came into my work tonight, and we were kind of talking about it. And you know, he's like super upset. He's saying, "Why now is Brad Keselowski gonna get his points back from? Obviously not, but like from mm-hmm. last season, you know, or." Denny Hamlin or, you know, so I feel like if this was any sort of other organization besides Hendrick Motorsports, they probably still would have went through with all of this. Yeah. And I don't know why I feel that way. It, I mean, it's kind of just what we've grown up seeing. Right. Right. I mean, I've saw it my whole childhood and you came in, uh, came into NASCAR in the early two thousands, pretty much where you were mm-hmm. really, really watching hardcore and yeah, you saw it too. It's just, it's just stuff that we've all known. We've always known Hendrick to be cheaters. They've always yep. cheated and it, they always seem to get away with a lot of it. It's just, I don't know. I and don't know. Now, I mean, I, I would love to live in a world where I was a fan of a sport that every car, every team was absolute equal and i mm-hmm. really want to see who would be the better driver but there's a saying in racing and dirt tracks and i'm sure soda you know exactly what i'm talking about if you ain't cheating you ain't eating yeah. you know and that's yeah. a huge thing around here 
it's on t-shirts it's on you know the whole thing so i get it but at the same time it's like man that's so unfortunate because you know how i don't know i just i thought it was a really cool idea because before the next gen car teams were able to um build their own race cars now with the next gen car nascar said no 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 you're not going to build anything you're just going to here's you know they yeah. give the driver together yeah nascar yeah. puts the chassis together and then distributes them to the nascar teams so you know i thought it was gonna slow up and i think it did last year we had 19 different winners i think last year you and i said it last week you know these mad scientists who are working day in and day out on these race cars are last year it was kind of the first year so they were trying to figure out okay what what can we do to make us a little bit faster than everybody else and i think now they 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 figured stuff out because you're starting to see, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing, Denny Hamlin, you know, all these people. And you're starting to see them a little bit more in front than everybody else. You know what I've always thought when you make the cars equal as best you can. I mean, they're still coming out of somebody else's shop, right? Right. If you're doing your best to make the cars absolutely 100% equal, you know what you're going to end up with? A boring race. That's true. Because nobody can pass anybody. Right. We see that mess on short tracks right and now. And super speedways, yeah. Yeah, and, and super speedways, they got them in such a box, they can't even, they won't, They don't have any momentum at all coming out of the draft. Right. You know, like before, at least like before, they would add like little wickers or something like that, or the cars were boxy enough, um, especially once the car tomorrow come around. Right. And they were stout enough to where they could actually be pushed they can't do that kind of stuff anymore. So now these cars are so slick as it is with, I don't know, with very little drag on the car as far as that goes. You just can't really get good runs on anybody anymore. Right. And now every single car is within like seven tenths mm -hmm. of a second or something like that. It's just, you're not going to get any passing. Right. There's no fast cars or slow cars. You know, you're not going to be able to manipulate your car a little bit, um, maybe to make it better coming off the corner, better through the center, better going into the corner, better under braking, better straightaway speed. That's where you get your passing. You're the way you can different differentiate. I think we had a problem with that word not too long ago too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can set your car apart from somebody else's. You know, based on what you need and how your driver needs it. Right mm -hmm. now, it's just loose or tight. You know, there is not, it's not a whole lot you can do with these cars to manipulate them the way you want them to be manipulated. Mm -hmm. And to me personally, that just kind of makes for single file racing or side by side racing with nobody really getting an advantage on super speedways. You know, that's yeah. just my personal opinion. I, I could be completely off base. I have no idea. No, I think you're spot on. But did you happen to read the NASCAR statement? That they posted after all that news broke. Yeah, this isn't a NASCAR thing, is it? This is a uh, a separate deal that apparently they have to go by. Yeah. Why so do they have to be up? Why is, why does NASCAR have to uphold their decision? Isn't NASCAR their own thing? I, you know, I thought that, but but in the statement it mentions National Motorsports Appeal Panel. So 
maybe it was the fact that like maybe some of the drivers were thinking, oh, NASCAR's biased towards the Earnhardt name or the Hendrick name or whatever. So the NASCAR went out and bought their you know, or not bought, but but NASCAR created their own uh, jury almost. Hmm. Um. Well, I bet these people will rescind any Hamlin's penalty too. See, I'm not sure because I mean that was what was that? It, two weeks? it happened. Uh, it happened at Phoenix, didn't it? Yeah. So I mean, that's. I feel like that's like. I feel like there has to be some sort of time punch on this, right? Um, well, but, I mean, didn't this happen? At Phoenix State, the Hendrick thing. I mean, wasn't this Phoenix oh, that this no, happened at? Oh, you're right. Yeah. So I mean, it's just oh, I guess yeah, it's just however long it takes them to get to the case because they got they got to listen to Hendrick, they got to listen to Justin uh, Haley. Yeah. And they got to listen to Denny Hamlin. That's very true. Oh my gosh! Yes, you're totally right. I forgot about the Denny Hamlin thing. Yeah, I just. Because he's appeal because what he's getting, uh, what I say, sued um, from NASCAR. He's not getting sued. That's a terrible, terrible word. But like, what he's getting in trouble for is something that he said on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally right. I totally forgot about that whole situation. And after this weekend at Coda and all the crap that happened on the track, at the end of the race, I don't see how you could honestly penalize somebody. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, I oh, hope I do. Don't are, do a whole lot of it, but you know. Are you talking about um, Daniel Suarez? No, no. I mean, I'm talking about uh, just NASCAR in general. I don't know what oh. NASCAR plans on doing, or if they are even thinking about doing anything uh, to all the over aggressive driving, the rough, really rough driving, especially at the end of these races on restarts and road courses oh, mainly. I got you. It it makes the show kind of turn into a um, bit of a joke. Yeah. Sometimes, not to say it's not entertaining, but after like the third restart, when it's clear that Tyler Reddick's going to win this race, right? You're like, guys, I mean, come on! If if it wasn't a four mile road course, that would have ended already, you know, because a two mile track they would have already completed the lap. But right, I don't, I don't know I... if they plan on doing anything, but <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what, man, when I was watching all those overtimes, even though like my driver, I did not have Kyle Busch in the fantasy pick, but I'm still Mm -hmm. cheering for my driver, Kyle Busch and Kyle Uh, Busch had the best seat in the house. And every time there was a caution, I'm like, the first time it happened, I was like, all right, cool. We got another chance. Second time it happened, I was like, all right, that's awesome. Okay. Third time I was like, okay, just let Tyler (laughs) come on. Like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) It's like just don't throw the caution until he gets to the white flag. Okay, just let Good. him get to the white flag. He's he's two and a half miles ahead of trouble. All right, just let him get to the white flag and throw a caution. Just give him the race. Tag on. All right, he's won it three times. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. Um, but for the listeners who don't know NASCAR's uh, statement or haven't seen it yet, um, it actually sounds like NASCAR was not very fond of the idea of giving the points back to Hendrick. Mm-hmm. I, I so, don't imagine. 
the statement says, and uh, just bear with me, I can't weed after a long day. So the NASCAR <laughs> statement, uh, we are pleased that the National Motorsports Appeal Panel agreed that Hendrick Motorsports violated the rule book. However, we are disappointed that the entirety of the penalty was not upheld. A point penalty is a strong deterrent that is necessary to govern the garage following the rule book violations. And we believe that it is important part of the penalty in this case and moving forward. We will continue to inspect and officiate the NASCAR garage at the highest level of scrutiny to ensure a fair and level playing field for our fans and entire garage. Yeah. A, a company like Hendrick, that hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's it's heavy, mm -hmm. especially for four teams, you know. But that isn't near as important as that hundred points, right? But somebody like Justin Haley, they're probably wanting the opposite to happen, right? You know, they'd be like, maybe you can just take half the points and give us all our money back. No joke. <laughs> I mean, hundred thousand dollars to a small team. That's like, man, that's a big chunk of their their budget. Major chomp. And speaking of penalties, did you see what Daniel Suarez's penalty was after the... Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Did he get penalized for bumping on oh, pit road? Oh, yes, sir, he did. <laughs> yes. Uh, what it was, was it? What was it? 40, well, not 47 minutes ago. That's my screenshot. But uh, earlier today, I believe it was right around the same time they announced the Hendrick thing. Uh, NASCAR tweeted, Daniel Suarez has been issued a fine of $50,000 for violating section 4.4 of the NASCAR rulebook concerning members' conduct after making contact with another vehicle on pit road after the race. Uh, so it's just, um, from what I'm understanding, it's just a $50,000 fine. There's mm -hmm. no points in this. There penalty. shouldn't be. There shouldn't right. be points. It's not like he was getting a, an advantage by you know manipulating a part that NASCAR made. Right. You know, that's that's where points need to be taken away. I don't know why it wasn't, but that's where points need to be taken away. Um, this was just stupid. Yeah. I mean, it was after the race was over with. He already had bumped Chastain on the track, but he got down pit road and just started bumping Bowman with officials right there beside him. You, you can't do that mess. Anytime you do anything on pit road where there's people walking around, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. You're going to get into a lot of trouble. So Weird, and I don't know why I thought this, but I just kind of thought it. <laughs> as soon as I saw that whole incident, and I don't know why my mind went to this, and I swear it doesn't go to this all the time, but for some reason when I first saw this, I thought, you know what? If I, <laughs> if I was running the mob and Daniel Suarez was in that, conversation or whatever as his penalty i would i would make him drink bath water through a straw for how stupid that was like <laughs> i don't i don't understand like you know okay it's so you, random i know right um <laughs> if if you have a problem for instance if soda completely wiped me out on in turn one of coda on the last restart whatever and i lost i went from third to 28th wherever he finished i would catch up to i i might you know catch up to you after the race but i wouldn't i certainly would not do nothing on pit road mm -hmm. ever you get know before they get to pit road or just talk to them afterwards don't touch them on pit road right you know so if you're really angry and i get it in the in the spur of the moment i'm gonna i'm gonna 
bump, you know, I'm going to give you all my, my, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm going to, I'm going to crone horn you. Well, that sounds bad too. <laughs> I'm going to bump you so hard in the bumper. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm going to make contact with you somehow, letting you know, Hey, you better not take off anywhere because you and I are going to have a conversation as soon as we unstrap, you know, whatever. And if I have a problem with that person, then whatever happens on pit road, but like not with your vehicle, punch him in the face. If you have a problem, you know, uh, Ryan priest was saying all these, you know, people, people blah, 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 need to get their nah, 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 kicked. And it's like, you know what, mm-hmm. Ryan go out there and, and throw hands, bud. You know, like no one's, gonna t- <laughs> no he, one's called gonna t- he called everybody a bunch of hacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of hacks and some other, nouns and adjectives well, and, and i can see where he would be upset priest because he was running in like the top 10 most of the day and then he got spun out one of those stupid restarts at the end of it because people forget how to drive right i understand and his car was destroyed it didn't like he could finish right I mean, his car was totaled yeah but the suarez thing is funny because not only he was he mad at bowman he was mad at chastain i haven't heard if he's mad at briscoe or not because all three of them were down underneath them uh that caused the wreck you know like briscoe they all went down on on the access lane going to turn one they went so low and bowman was in front of chastain who was in front of briscoe and briscoe was pushing chastain who was then pushing bowman all three of them were kind of like all over the place and then bowman went down there to block the chastain briscoe push because he's like i'd rather be hit from behind instead of in the door at least I could control it, you know? So that's what he did. He went down there and did that and got run right up into Suarez. So Suarez, he can be mad at individuals all he wants, you know, his teammate included, whatever. It, it was just kind of a, a the deal with this racing. I right. mean, it wasn't nothing anybody intentionally tried to do or was just being stupid. It's just how they race now. It's just mm-hmm. everybody did it. And, Lord, he took somebody out earlier in the race, too. Didn't he take out Christopher Bell? I'm pretty sure, yeah. He... Yeah, I mean, pot meat kettle, right? Well, I'm not a fan of Daniel Suarez, and I feel like in the NASCAR Cup Series, if you're going to throw a tantrum of any sort, you better have a, at least five or six wins behind your, you know, behind you to be like, hey, I, you know, my voice is legitimate. But otherwise, I feel like not only the drivers, but I feel like the fans just, okay, okay, cool, whatever. Kind of like the the Bubba Wallace thing, you know, like you, you puff your chest out, you try to act <laughs> like, you know, like a, a BA or, you know, you try to act like a big tough dude. But in reality, like you only have two wins and zero Xfinity wins. Now, not for Suarez, obviously he's a champion in the Xfinity series, but you know, you've been in the cup series for what, six years, six seasons or something. And you only have one win. So like, calm down, you know, like, I don't know. It's, I'm not, I'm not a Daniel Suarez fan at all. I I don't mind them. I mean, I'm not a fan, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not going to go out and buy Suarez merchandise unless it just says track house on it and only. Right. You know, I would, I like the track house hats. I would like a track house hat actually, but I, that isn't necessary to support Suarez, obviously. Right. But, you know, 
one of the reasons why I like Chastain so much, he never acts that way. That's he true. Never acts that way. If he gets taken out, he gets taken out. He's like, okay, made that happen. Let's move on. Let's go next week. Yep. He never pitches a fit, throws a tantrum, says I need to be replaced, or or goes <laughs> up on somebody's driver window and you know, while he's got his helmet on and starts pushing them Ty Gibbs style, you know. Yeah. He never does this this kind of stuff. All he does, he sits there, he he can get chewed out by somebody, he'll just sit there and smile. Yeah. He he doesn't care. He doesn't care because he knows he's racing the way other people are racing. Right. Other people are doing the exact same thing Chastain's doing. I think it just gets on everybody else's nerves that Chastain isn't uh, taking offense to or or fighting back or anything like that when they get caught. We when he gets called out on it and they don't. I don't know if that makes any sense. But yeah. what what I see from him at the end of a race like. Uh, this he's like I sp I got spun out. This is what I think he actually one of the quotes right here. Uh, he said I got spun out near the end of the race. I didn't get all mad. This is the race. This is how this is how we race at the end of these things. Everybody races this way. So I get spun out. I get the car straight. Got going. Couple of cautions later, I'm in fourth spot at the end of this race. So, I mean. I don't know. I just, I see Chastain's mentality and how nothing bothers this guy. Nothing bothers him. He knows he's racing people the same way that other people are, are racing him. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is racing everybody else the same way too. It's just for some reason, Chastain gets called out on it all the time. And yeah, he's around a lot of it, but so is everybody else. You know? So one of the reasons why I like Chastain is because of that, his mentality. Then you got Suarez who gets bumped. You know, he comes out getting mad at everybody. Want to throw hands with his teammate just about. Just so stupid. It's dumb. Yeah. I think uh, Ross Chastain, I want to, I, I think he is the most, I think he is a perfect race car driver. It's, you know, for this era. Yes. I will say that for this era right now, I don't think his mentality would have flew in 93, 94 because there's only one person that was like that. And that was Dale Earnhardt. Right. And he put you in your place. If you were anything like him, <laughs> you know, he would go out there. He would be, he's the one that went out there and, and, you know, hit 20, 25 cars a night. Right. Which I counted up one. I swear I did. I counted up the 1995 Bristol race. Bristol race. Yeah. Yes. Where he almost wrecked Terry Labonte right at the line. <laughs> Terry Labonte still won. Yeah. He pulled into victory lane with a smashed up front end. Thanks oh, to Earnhardt. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I swear he, he hit at least 20 people that night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a, but that's an actual fact. Yeah. I, I counted. I had the tape. I watched it over and over because I love the fact that Terry Labonte still won that race. Oh my gosh. That was, was the night that Rusty Wallace threw that water bottle and it bounced off Earnhardt's roof and hit Earnhardt in the nose. Oh, did it? it says, I'm not going to forget about tonight and I'm not forgetting about Talladega either. Oh, you're talking about after the race. Yeah. 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 Because he wrecked Rusty. <laughs> Rusty was a yeah. really good car that night. He wrecked him, just flat out took him out. And that was Rusty's house too. Bristol, mm -hmm. I always think of, well, not anymore because of Kyle Busch's dominance, but I mean, Bristol was Rusty's house. Bristol and Richmond. Yes. Richmond was a real big, all the short tracks were. All the short tracks were. He loved April mm. so much when I was a kid because April was like short track month. 
you know, like March and April, they yeah. we run like four or five short tracks in a row. Yeah. You know, but anyway, that's completely off topic, but <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll go into Coda a little bit. So real quick. really fast. I have one more thing I thought was super humorous, uh, in the okay. news, but, uh, Josh Williams, uh, obviously we spoke in depth with him, uh, about parking on the start finish line at Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, did you see that he has a new sponsor? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, uh, via Bob Pockris from Twitter said, Josh Williams has a new primary sponsor. The sponsor is Parking Guidance System, a company that creates technology, technological, te oh my God. Technological. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that word aids to help manage a parking structure. Um, how amazing is that? Yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Fantastic. I don't even think he got fined, did he? He just got the one race suspension. He only got the one race suspension. <laughs> All because he probably all because probably what he said on pit road. Yep. I was like, what are they gonna do? Find me? I can't pay it anyway. So yep, I, like, yep. All right, fine. We won't find you <laughs> if you can't pay it. <laughs> and then we're gonna set you out on a you know coda, which is probably yeah. the one track that you would like to. They bring in a road course ringer. They don't do too bad. And then he gets a new sponsorship after having mm -hmm. a, a surprise vacation for a week. Like how fantastic was this Good whole situation? That's yeah. awesome. Good for him. Um, yeah. I, I ain't really got nothing else to say, but just yeah. good for him. I'm good I'm for, happy him. for him. Absolutely. Uh, make the best out of that kind of a situation. He, not only did he show up NASCAR, but he's getting paid for it. Oh, he already came out with a, a whole bunch of shirts that says you can't park here. Um, <laughs> oh man, the dude is, he's been on podcasts and podcasts and mm -hmm. radios and everything. It's, it's been awesome for him. You know, NASCAR don't hate it. No, not at they all. Don't, they don't hate it. If they, if they hated it, they would, they would suspended them for more than one race. Right. They, they, they're enjoying it. It's fine. They don't care. Right. Um, before we, uh, Actually, tell you what, before we get in the coda, let's uh, go ahead and take a break real quick. Okay. Um, before we go to break, I want to talk about skinnymixes.com. I am using it right now, as a matter of fact. I have uh, some peanut butter sugar-free syrup Ooh. splashed into some coffee to keep me awake so I can edit this podcast tonight. So, yeah, if you go to skinnymixes.com, you'll see a variety of drink mixes and coffee syrups, all sorts of things. And most of it is going to be sugar-free, and some of it even uh, caters. I don't know if I say caters. Caters to the keto diet, which is what I'm currently on—the low-carb, you know, no-sugar type diet. And it's excellent. Me and my wife have used it for like a year and a half now, at least. Uh, we just got a new shipment full of them, you know, just just the other day. Uh, another another seven or eight flavors under the cabinet. So if you would go to skinnymixes.com, check it out, search for something that you like. I'm sure you're going to find something. Use the code MARBLES at checkout and you'll get 10% off. Word. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, and I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. 
Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, But come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are the kids are a bear. They are. Uh, But yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. All right, let's go into Coda. We, um, bit of a crazy race. We've already talked about it a little bit, the end of it. The restarts were just insane. There were so many of them. It just, it seemed like all it did was just delay the fact that Tyler Reddick was winning the race. Yeah, absolutely. What did you what did you feel about the no stage cautions? How'd you feel about that? I personally I loved it. I thought it was uh fun. It was kind of like a blast from the past type of situation. Um I, you know, it kind of felt longer. Like the race felt longer in a good way. It didn't it didn't feel like super forced almost yeah that, it wasn't that... yeah it wasn't manipulated this, yeah, yeah absolutely I, I know exactly what you mean yeah it um it flowed naturally yes and and in fact because of it it looked like we were shaping up to get kind of a, a strategy race oh yeah at one point of it like tyler reddick i think was on a three-stop strategy and then you had like i think it was um uh byron yeah, that was up front. He was on a two uh, two stop strategy, so you would think, oh yeah, pitting less, you're going to win the race, right? That's not how it was looking like it was going to come out, because Byron and people on two stop strategies, they were having to pedal the car a little bit, right, to try to make sure they made it to the end of the race. Yeah, you wouldn't pit as much, but you're not. You also can't go as fast. And meanwhile, Tyler Reddick. He comes in three times during the race, and he just about had caught up to um, Byron towards the uh, the end of this race. You right. know, like before uh, before everybody would have to make their final stop or whatever. He had just about caught up to him, you know, with one stop to go for everybody. So I was like, well, okay, Reddick's just driving the mess out of this car. And it doesn't matter if he's got to stop an extra time. He's still going to win this daggum race. Yeah. That's what it looked like. And what an interesting finish that would have been. You know, but of course, caution come out at the end of it and kind of put everybody back on the same strategy, which happens. It happened before. It happens now. It just it always works out that way sometimes. But, yeah, it was interesting to see that kind of a strategy play out. People were not basing their strategy off stage points 
Yeah. They were basing their strategy towards the end of the race, which is how it used to be, which is what I would like to see again. You know, I mean, if you're running up front, you get your stage points, but you're not pitting short or pitting long, you know, to make sure you get your stage points. You're, you're not doing that. You're looking for the big picture. Right. And the big picture is the win. I mean, the big picture as opposed to like in this one little race, you know, I, I, if you win the race, you're autom you're pretty much automatically into playoffs anyway. Right. Like stage points. Cool. Great. It adds stuff to the end of the year. But if you win, it takes care of itself. In a way, you know, I don't know. No, I, you're spot on. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. So now Tyler Reddick is in the chase. Or playoffs, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tyler Reddick, man. He Watching him just absolute dominate that race, it reminded me of how good of a race car driver he really is. If he can get it done on a road course and an intermediate and run in the, the wall like he does, and he hasn't got it done on a super speedway, but he's always there. Like The guy is just the future of NASCAR for sure. When we were making our picks for the uh, in the Marbles Fantasy Cup, mm -hmm. I kept I kept going back and forth. When once we hit this road course, I kept going back and forth between two people, and they finished one two. Oh, it was Tyler Reddick or Kyle Busch. Mm. Those were the two people I have to. I kept going back and forth on, and Tyler Reddick obviously because he won two road courses last year. He, he won two races last year on road courses and Kyle Busch because he's driving the equipment that Tyler Reddick won the road courses with. Right. Same car and everything. So I was like, both of them are going to be fast because Kyle Busch can get it done on a road course. Yes, he can. And if he's got a proven winning team and car behind him on these road courses, he's going to do something on this road course. Ultimately, I went with Reddick because I feel like later on there's, there, there's so many road courses for one, but later on, there's probably another good spot or two. I can use a Kyle Busch pick because I still have three. Oh yeah. I have not used Kyle Busch or Kyle Larson this year. Awesome. Um, and I'm second in points. So yeah, not <clears throat> people need to be a little worried about me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not going to count myself <laughs> out yet, but I mean, I'm I'm you almost can't. there. You you can't you can't uh, count yourself out. You got to well, keep playing. I'm I'm almost there actually. I'm really frustrated. <laughs> I was probably most frustrated after this race to a point where Jessica says, "Man, I really haven't ever seen you this frustrated around when it comes to NASCAR and it has nothing to do with the actual race." <laughs> And I said, I know. I just, uh, like I said last week, I feel like I'm bleeding and I'm just trying to like stop that from happening. And I feel like I even said it that I, ch I chose Kyle Larson last week because it was a, it was a layup. It was, I was playing it safe. And guess what? <laughs> Bubba Wallace nope. had other plans. <laughs> My goodness. My Replace him. Go ahead. Do what he says. Replace him. I'm done with it. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, you know, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You know, um, Justin's leading right now, and I'm second. I'm a good little click away from Justin. Like, he's yeah. he's out there right now. You never know what's going to happen. He could 
all of a sudden have two or three picks that, you know, blow a tire, hit the wall, and they're out. Maybe some somebody just gets into their left rear just enough where it breaks the toe link. They can't fix it. They're out. Right. You never know how this is going to work out. And then all of a sudden, you could win two or three in a row. Yeah. And you'll be right back up there because the winners, the top three or so, they get more points than everybody else in comparison. You know, that's I designed it that way so it would reward the wins. So if you're you're back a little bit, you start winning some races, you get caught back up pretty quickly. Very quickly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see, like last week, wasn't I like ninth? Yeah. I'm second this week. Yeah. <laughs> because I won. Yep. Four of us won, by the way. Yeah. Just Justin happened to be one of them too. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> he just keeps on getting out there. Unfortunately to me, great for him. Right. You know, but unfortunately to me, but, um, uh, Tim won. I yeah. too, and Caitlin won. Caitlin got her first victory. How yeah. about that? Tim got his first victory. That's wild. That's awesome. And on top of that, the trophy came in. Yeah. It's sitting in a box right now still in its original box that it came in. So I'll just keep that box the way it is, just in case. Um, one little piece of it isn't exactly like I wanted. I can't, the, the manufacturer won't get back with me, so I'm probably just going to have to buy that little piece separately from another company, which is fine. All these mm -hmm. trophies are built the same way. It's just a, a nut on the bottom of it that comes off, and I'll just replace the piece and put the nut back on. But I wanted a 2023 right in the middle of the two columns where the, the three stars are. And I explained it in the video. Yeah. I posted a video to Instagram and uh, shared that on Twitter. And I posted a video to the, in the Marvel's fantasy cup Facebook page and just kind of went over the trophy. You can see how big it was Uh pretty good size, pretty good size trophy came like from my, uh, just underneath my shoulder to above my head. That's how big it is. Yeah. yeah, so I think it was uh, 22 inches, 21 inches tall, something like that, almost two foot. So, yeah, it turned out pretty much exactly the way I wanted it to, except for that little piece. And the piece was like a dollar fifty, right? So I'll just, if if this company doesn't get back with me, I'll just buy another piece and put it on there because I want the year on it. I purposely got the year so I wouldn't have to engrave the year on it. Right. You know, so other than that, the trophy's in. Caitlin said it would look good on their mantle. I, I, she says that they're in it as a team. I don't know. I don't see how you could. There's got to be some bragging rights in there somewhere. I'm going to tell you right now, if, <laughs> if Jessica, no, nah, like that's my trophy. I ain't Jessica's. <laughs> so kudos to Caitlin and Drew for, you know, nah. <laughs> That is my like. Uh, hopefully, one of these days I will get around to ordering a 2022, and mm -mm, that's that's mine. That's not Jessica's. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't really didn't have a set prize for the one we did last year, did we? Just kind of like a, a gift card or something. I think is what we decided on. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. But yeah. I still want a trophy. I'm still going to get myself a trophy because now I feel left out. <laughs> uh, TrophyDepot.com. That's where I went. Really? TrophyDepot.com. Yes. I was actually going to text you about it. I might just send you money and just have you order the same one, but 2022. 
if they put the year on it. Oh, uh, that's true. There's other places you can go to. Uh, there was two or three places I looked at. It's one place I went to that had a really cool trophy, like lightning bolts on it and all sorts of stuff. It's like, it would have been really cool. Everything I wanted was out of stock. I was like, okay. Right. So that's where I was scram- you know, scrambling around trying to find something else. And I, I, found a, I found a pretty good one. It looks straight up like something I wanted Deep South Speedway on dirt mm-hmm. track. That, that's what I was going for. Yeah. I'll tell nothing, you what. It's not uh, stupid looking. It's a good thing that I don't have that trophy because I'd be so obnoxious with it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would be posting pictures on my Twitter of it taking it to the park and strapping it into the truck and, you know, eating ice cream. And stuff. <laughs> dude, I'd be so, oh my goodness. It'd be, it would be ridiculous. Well, I also don't want to mess this trophy up. It is not my trophy at the moment. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it could be my trophy. I am second in points. And yes, if I win, I am keeping this trophy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whoever wins this is going to have the trophy. But if somebody else wins, I will take this box I have it, you know, right now. I'll tape it up, put a label on it, and ship it out to you. Yeah. And it's just, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, If anybody out there is getting discouraged because of maybe where they are in the, in the standings, me, um, I encourage you to not stop playing. Oh, no. You know, like, I, I feel like maybe halfway through the year, you might get some of that. And I don't want to see that. I, I would like for everybody to at least try to get the best position they could. Because that's what makes it fun to have a bunch of people in here. And we will be playing for prizes throughout the year. Yes. You know, the next prize that we're going to play for is going to be at Bristol Dirt. And I've feel like we're going to do a t-shirt giveaway on Bristol dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up later, Drew showed me something that he pulled from one of his cards, Ooh. car packs again. And it is excellent. It's something oh, yeah. I would love to win. Definitely. And eventually that's going to get put up there as a prize because he offered it. He right. says next prize race. You know, I was like, you know, if you want to use this, go for it. We'll use this. And I was like, that's awesome. Just it's a cool thing that he's got there. The next prize, though, will be Bristol Dirt, and it will be a uh, a free T-shirt from In the Marbles at uh, Watermaneuver.net. We have three designs up there right now. One of those will be free for whoever wins this race at Bristol Dirt, which is a couple weeks away now. Yeah, and same as same rules as before. Like if this week we had a prize for Coda, the four of us that won would go into a drawing and we would draw one name out. And I chances are I would probably take my name out. Yeah. Depending on what it is. If it's what Drew puts up all the time, I wouldn't. But you know <laughs> Yeah. He's putting up some good stuff. And there will be diecast cars uh, d- during this whole situation as well, this whole season. So I, the only hold up with the with the diecast is that they have to get produced first. So uh, we're still on. I'm just still waiting. You'll get a, uh, you'll get a pre-order diecast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have some in mind of what we're gonna throw up on the um, giveaway for the fantasy cup drivers, but. It's just I am simply waiting for. Did you them see where? To 
Lionel's making not only the Mark Martin blue Stroh's car, but they're also making the Kevin Harvick first win car. Yeah. Oh, I saw it. That was awesome. I just, I hate that they won't put Winston on the side of these cars. Oh, yeah. I, I hate that. It's, I know that, I know they can't, but that doesn't make it better that they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes me want to go back and buy a diecast from Action before they couldn't do that. You know, they made a Kevin Harvick first win car. Right. Action did way back in the day. And it's got Winston on the side of it. Yeah. You know, they made that Mark Martin six car, that blue one. They made the Folgers car. I know I have it. It might not be the race win version of the cars, but I had that Folgers car forever. I wish I knew where it was. Maybe that's one good thing about the house that we just bought. Oh, by the way, there's a house in my front yard. Oh, yeah, I saw it. It's awesome. It's one day into the setup, so it's messy out there right now. But it's there. I was just walking in it just a second ago. Oh, my goodness. You know, just kind of trying to note where all the uh, sheetrock need to be repaired and stuff like that from the move. But, yeah, it's awesome. Maybe once I start moving things over there, and we start going through the shed a little better and I start setting up my room that I'm going to have all my collectibles in. Maybe I'll find the box of NASCAR somewhere that has my 124 scales in it. Cause I have a Neil Bonnet number 21 Sitco car somewhere. I have a rusty Wallace, 1990 27 Miller genuine draft car somewhere. Mm. I have the Mark Martin Folgers car somewhere. I just don't know where they are. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get rid of them. I love those cars. I, I didn't get rid of them. I, don't, I just have no idea where they are. So I'm guess, I'm guessing your wife have, hasn't told you the good news. What's the good news? No. Okay. So Nicole and I were talking and I, I asked her, I said, Hey, you know, since there's a, 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 a beautiful home sitting in front of yours, and you know what? She, like she interrupted me. She <laughs> said, "You know what, Ethan? Say less. You're moving in, pal. We're gonna be neighbors. I'm moving into your old house." Well, you can't have the living room in this old house because it is my toy room now. <laughs> oh, okay. So she really hasn't told you. <laughs> Just kidding. I would. That'd be so cool if we were neighbors. Oh man. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> That's a, that's a long trip for you. Hey, yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. My goodness. Oh, man. You need to come down here anyway sometime. I need to. 100%. We were yeah. actually talking about where we were going to take our honeymoon. And I think I decided for us that we were going to go to North Carolina so I can visit KBM and stuff. But I think we're going <laughs> to drive there. And I think if we drove there, we wouldn't necessarily have to go through Alabama. But we, if I, if we drove, that's we a could, long detour. <laughs> we could just we could just pop on in, say hello. <laughs> yeah, Alabama alone, from the top of the state down to where I am, is like five and a half hours. Hmm. Just one way. Maybe we'll catch up when we go to Talladega one day. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we do have some really good beaches. Just saying. I've never been to a beach, and I really want to. Orange Beach, Pensacola Beach in Florida. There, there's some really good beaches down this way. 
Orange Beach is a real big one for spring break and stuff down this way. So. I'm yeah, I'm just super scared to go to a beach because I would want to take my shirt off and then I'd scare everybody because everybody would look at me and think, "Wow, that's a human being, but he looks like a melting candle." Until you see other people take their shirts off, you're like, "Oh, okay, I'm not that bad." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I live this. I'm mean, right. We're actually, we're going to the beach tomorrow. Oh no! Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it's my son's eighth birthday tomorrow. Oh, or as this birthday. podcast drops, it will be his eighth birthday. It's Kendall's birthday that? is on Saturday, so happy birthday to your son! Cool. Happy birthday to Kendall too! Yeah, um, yeah, and one of the things he wants to do on his birthday is go down to the beach, and we probably won't get in the water. It's still a little chilly for that, mm. but I mean, it's a spring break at the moment. Oh yeah, we'll go down there. We'll throw the football around in the sand or something. We'll we'll just go out there and play. Be fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. See, we we do beaches like every like three or three or four times a year, maybe a little more than that. How far away is it? About an hour. Oh my gosh! You know what's an hour away from me? Hmm. A cornfield. I knew you were gonna say cornfield. <laughs> you know what's two two blocks from me? I got a cornfield across the street. Okay, it's, but you're an hour away from the beach. I don't want to hear it, man. Uh, I got peanuts on one end of the road, a cornfield on the other end, like across the street, and then down the road there's cotton. I am in farm country, but yeah, I'm an hour away from the beach. Oh my gosh, I would love that. I think <laughs> I can't even go to the nearest Target in an hour. Oh, I can't either, honestly. That's it would wild. take me an hour to get to my nearest Target. I would rather have an hour to the beach than an hour to Target any day, though. All my all the big stores like that, I mean, we have a Walmart here, and then 30 minutes down the road there's a Walmart, and 30 minutes the other way there's a Walmart. Mm -hmm. But Targets and, like, the big shopping centers, you know, like they hold, hold, like, a Hobby Lobby or Best Buy or Five Below, you know, these kind of things like that, those are all at least an hour away in three different directions. Yeah. You know, between Pensacola or Mobile or Daphne and Spanish Ford area in, in Alabama, all those are an hour away from me in three completely different directions. I am stuck in the middle of all of it with nothing but a Walmart, a really bad Walmart. I think. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, Candace LeRae still on the peg for crying out loud. Okay. Well, we can't talk bad about Walmart because some of my employers listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, well, I'm not talking bad about Walmart. I'm oh. talking about bad about this at more walmart it's you're, awful. Make, you're making me sweat pal i was no, i this, just brought this up one's my... awful it's got one door and it's tiny what? you ever been to a one door walmart i have one that's my local walmart no joke we only have well, one door. see there's one door at one uh in a town about about an hour away hmm. uh that everybody complained about that walmart because it only had one door and it's so small i went in there it's three times the size of my walmart <laughs> It yeah. just only has one door. Yeah. I was like, well, my Walmart is tiny. Like, yeah. Like you have your grocery section, multiply that by three. That's the entire Walmart. Mm. Like sideways. Wow. So you have your, your grocery and then you have your clothes in the middle and then on, on the end. I mean, that's, there's no other aisles. You have oh, like wow. four aisles of toys total and they're little half aisles. It's like it's an aisle oh. with a gap and then another aisle. Like some of them I go into have. Mm -hmm. This is just like one little half aisle. What? 
you know, and there's four of those and that's toys. Oh it's just, no. It's, it's awful. That is it's, awful, dude. But they have all the superstars figures. Go of, figure. Oh yeah, of course they do. Except for the Scott Hall. You can't find that anywhere. You know, I found a Kevin Nash the other day though. Did you? I, I we're loaded with Kevin Nash's down really? here. Yeah. I'd only seen him that once. I actually bought him from Walmart.com. Oh, really? I think I bought Scott Hall second hand. Or maybe he showed up at Walmart.com also. I can't remember. What are you? I didn't know you were into the superstars. Which ones are you wanting? Are you needing any? Oh, no, no. I got them all. I got oh, all the okay. ones that are in stores. I'm, I'm trying to only get the ones that are in stores or I can oh. get from Walmart.com. I, I'm trying not to pre-order them because they, they get canceled a lot. Gotcha. Yeah. But if I can find it in store, I'm going to get it. I open those up oh. uh, just because they look really cool. It's like the retros. I don't keep the retros in packages either. I open those up. Mm. Well, this but, this is a tangent. Well, you know, <laughs> we talked about Coda. We yep. talked about the points. Yep. Um, I guess we could talk about Richmond if you want to. Sure. Yeah. Let's go into Richmond a little bit. Uh, I have no idea who won last year's races. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> who won? Oh no. Was it Alex? No. Alex Bowman, I want to say one one of them. I'm sure maybe Larson or Elliot won one. I mean, I don't know. I have no um, idea. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head either. Uh, I know who won last year's Bristol Dirt Race, but that's not this weekend. Right. I'm sure you know who won last year's Bristol Dirt Race too. I, I believe my memory does remember <laughs> that very well. But now, as far as Richmond, you got any uh, memories for Richmond? Like some of your favorite moments? Uh, Kyle Busch spinning Dale Jr. in 2008 was pretty fond. I, I have something very similar. <laughs> Rusty Wallace spinning Jeff Gordon out at Richmond. That was in 1998. That was, uh, that was awesome. One of my favorite moments in NASCAR history. You know what's funny is that Richmond used to be one of my favorite racetracks to watch because they used to run the Chevy Rock and Roll 400. It was a night mm -hmm. race. And for some reason, it was just one of those races that everybody brought a different paint scheme. It wasn't like the same old yeah, yeah. Sunday drive at Michigan. It was always, you know, there for a little while it was Looney Tunes. And then it was, I was thinking Looney Tunes because Jeff Gordon ran a really pretty Looney Tunes car. Kevin Harvick had that like baby blue Bugs Bunny car and stuff. Like it was real fun. Yeah, Jeff Gordon's changed color. Yeah, it went yeah. from blue to purple around the racetrack. Oh man, it was so. And I don't know if that was nostalgic, but like here lately, man, Richmond sucks. It's it's <sighs> gone down. It has. Uh, it used to be one of my favorite tracks to watch too. But I, I always liked how you could you could do multiple grooves. Yeah. At Richmond, I thought that was really that's really neat. Um, so the track used to be a really small, just straight oval, mm -hmm. uh, the Richmond Fairgrounds, and it got reconfigured. Yeah, I guess mm, I, I don't remember exactly when it got reconfigured. I want to say early '90s, late mm -hmm. '80s, because I remember '86 or '87 is when that Earnhardt Darrell Waltrip thing happened, yeah. where Earnhardt turned Waltrip head on into the wall because they were just because Earnhardt's Earnhardt. They were racing each other hard and Earnhardt said, no, I'm done. And just wrecks them both. Um, but I can't remember exactly what year it was reconfigured to a, uh, 
three quarters of a mile trioval. And I kind of wish it was still the way it used to be, but I understand that NASCAR outgrew that little tiny track. Right. So they had to get, make it bigger and all that. But yeah, some of my favorite drivers uh, have always done really good on this track. I remember uh, Dale Jarrett used to be real good at it. Rusty Wallace is just a man at it, obviously. Uh, Terry Labonte was real good at this track for a while. Um, and it's had some pretty big moments too between – Kyle Busch wrecking Dale Jr. Dale Jr. turn around wrecking Kyle Busch back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and neither one of them was, everyone was like, oh, no, I didn't do that on purpose. Like, shut up. All right. You both did that on purpose, you weirdos. Um, and also, uh, you had some chase incidents happen there. I remember Jeremy Mayfield one year raced his way into the chase by oh, winning yeah. that race at Richmond. It was the mm-hmm. cutoff race. And yeah. – Spin gate happened there. Oh, yeah. How's your arm feel, pal? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's so obvious. Oh, uh, so yeah, Richmond's has its, its its fair share of excitement. You, you talked about the Chevy thing. I remember when you speak called the Pontiac Excitement 400. Oh, wow. I saw. No, I don't. I don't remember. No, that. you probably, mm-hmm. probably know. This is a mid 90s thing. Oh, God, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm old, dude. What can I say? I'll tell you what. I ain't uh, hit 40 yet, but I'm I'm knocking on the door. Man, I'm almost at 30, so I'm not too far behind. Oh, almost at 30. You know, I I, I pulled a muscle in my back. I was uh, yesterday. I could have swore I wasn't even gonna be able to get out of bed this morning. Yeah. Luckily enough, enough medication got me out of bed, and I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled my back a couple months ago, and it was the most grueling, most agonizing thing I have ever been through so yeah i get it man <laughs> i get it yeah i'm okay though i was just doing something stupid i shouldn't have been doing and i did it and now i know not to do that again that's all it is mm-hmm. uh we got anything else we want to add before we get out of here man uh did we have any questions i'm pretty sure we had questions from who? drew do you know what the question is no i don't remember either Oh no, we did. We're gonna have to go back. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the last two episodes of Tales from the Estate and figure out these questions. Oh, and we forgot to do the uh, Who Am I as well? Gosh dang it! That's okay. It's we'll not, do it now. No, it, it's fine. We we can do that. We can do the Who Who Am I thing. Oh, are you okay? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. we're looking at my recorder here. We're an hour and seven minutes in. Okay. We'll be fine. We put out an hour and 40 minute podcast before. We're oh, that's okay. very true. So, Drew, I know for a fact you asked a question. I will go back and we will make sure that we answer all your questions. Well, next the, week. the problem, the only problem is it, it with it is that when I listen to it, I listen to it, their show just about when it drops. Yeah. You know, I do too. And it's a week later by the time we finally, especially this week, it's almost a mm-hmm. week later. And if I don't write the question down right then, I completely forget what question it is. Every time I hear him ask the question, I always answer it in my head. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a good mm-hmm. question. I won't forget that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, first, uh, talk about the cards. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, dude. So uh, Drew, he was nice enough to uh, send me a little care package. First off, um, I've never been a big NASCAR card guy i've never been a card guy at all like pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, all that stuff never appealed to me whatsoever you know 
when I was a kid, the only cards I ever collected that had anything to do with NASCAR were the ones that came with the cars. Mm, yeah. Because when I was a kid, all these uh, uh, got up until probably about 96, 97, somewhere in there when they started changing the packaging, all the racing champions cars and uh, the to the max cars, yeah. they all had cards that came with them. And the to the max ones were nice because they were real shiny, mm -hmm. you know, because they were like the elite style you know, cars like racing champions had a premier edition. This, yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if to the max was racing champions and I don't think it was, it was a different company, but they were the ones that had the, the clear windows and the rubber tires and all yeah. that. And the paint jobs were a little like more metallic looking if, if it called for it. So that, that way the, they were in like this bluish purplish package, like this. I don't know if it was blue or purple. It was like an in-between color, like a, a deep navy light, you know, maybe deep navy or purple packaging. And the cards were like chromed or, or I guess foil is what you call it now. I actually had one lying around somewhere. It was a Daryl Waltrip one. What the heck, man? I don't remember those. I remember mine. Mine were like little cardboard cutouts. Yeah, that, that's racing champions. That's, <laughs> that's, that's playing racing. I have one of those right here. Actually, it's a Bobby Allison. Yeah. It uh, came with the uh, roaring racer. I just opened up recently. Oh, I see. I never considered it a, a card because it was just cardboard. Like that was awesome, though. Do you remember when they used to um, add like what looked like the the driver's pit pass? Add the picture of the driver. I do. I do. That was uh, later nineties. Yeah, I remember. I had a Casey Atwood, and for some reason, I decided to put it on a lanyard, and I carried it around for about three <laughs> years. When I was in elementary school, people asked me what it was. I pulled it out and I said, oh, Casey Atwood. And then like I walked away like it was I don't know. I don't know why I did that. It's cringy. Man, real quick before you get into the cards. I really hate that Lionel Racing quit doing the magnets. I do, too. I, I my, our, our, our refrigerator is covered in random NASCAR magnets. Thanks to um, Lionel Racing. Right. But now there's stickers. Yeah. I I can't do anything with a sticker. Right. I mean, you put it on something, you ruin the sticker. We're not going to be able to keep up with this little sticker. It's just trash. The sticker just goes in the trash with the, the packaging now. Or, or, now just hear me out, it might take a little while, you can put those stickers on the siding of your new house and then eventually <laughs> have a whole house just full of NASCAR stickers. <laughs> How no. about that? <laughs> <laughs> the house is metal. I could put all the magnets on it too. Ooh, half the time. <laughs> let's go. Anyway, let's talk about your cards. Yes. So uh, he was nice enough that not only the cards, but he also sent us um, strawberry shortcake mini muffins, which Jessica may or may not have gotten any. Um, I offered, <laughs> and she said, um, "Not right now." And I took that as wrong a, answer. Yeah, exactly. I, I was very hungry <laughs> and I munched down. So thank you for those. But uh, yeah, besides the cards, uh, he also sent uh, two of the Na WWE funny cards. Do you know what that yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Together, right. Uh, I think it was, I think it's a one eighteen scale. One eight, one eighteen's huge. Are you sure? Okay, no one six. Uh, one. What's uh? 
143, yeah. Yeah, you have 164th scale, which is hot wheel size, 143rd, which is a little bigger, uh, maybe about two sizes, like twice the size of a Hot Wheels. Mm. And with a funny car, it's probably a little longer than that, even because funny cars are they got a real long, skinny body on yeah. them. Uh, top fuel, even longer than that. And then 124 scale, you know what that is. And then 118th is even bigger than 124th. Yeah, it was definitely a 143rd scale, which are so incredibly cool because I, mm -hmm. for some reason, I remember the cane uh paint scheme was in a wwe magazine and i was i've been a nascar fan way longer than a pro wrestling fan so i remember i was like well if only it was nascar but i remember seeing like kane with the mask on you know on the hood of the car and i was like man those cars are really cool looking uh he so he sent me the kane funny car and then he also sent me a stone cold steve austin uh christmas almost themed funny car <laughs> and it has rudolph on the nose and then it has stone cold and it has santa falling off the sleigh which is also the race car um and it is incredible like i popped so hard for that even though i don't follow funny cars so i was like that is incredible i was super stoked about that and he also sent a uh, six pack uh, cards all in one box. And I, initially I wasn't going to open them because I was like, I don't really know cards. Um, you know, so it doesn't really necessarily matter like what's inside, you mm -hmm. know, cause I don't know what I got. And then he, I, of course I Snapchatted him or I texted him, you know, expressing my gratitude. Like, thank you so much for that. Uh, and he's like, yeah, let me know if you find anything cool in the cards. And I was like, well, I mean, okay. So I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the cards because I mean I, I don't know what I don't know what I have, but and I was like, well, I'm gonna do it on Twitter, you know. So I, I went Twitter live and you know, obviously you were watching that and mm -hmm. uh, Drew he was on a conference call or something and he uh Snapchatted me a few minutes later and he he went in depth on the cards like you know, the red chase Elliot. Um, he kind of explained to me what inserts were, what the basic cards were, the difference and how to, you know, figure all that stuff out. And it was really intriguing. And to a point where I was like, I'm kind of into this right now. And so I told him that and he's, <laughs> he showed me uh, like this really insane, like, I mean, it, I mean, it's a big, thick stack of cards. And he was like, Oh, cool. Like, I just do this for fun and and he's like if you want to make a collection here you go next time i send you something i'll just include all these cards and stuff and i was like whoa so i'm i'm in the process of trying to figure out uh like a uh like a note not like a note but like a like a card yeah get like a binder yeah. yeah and i know kindle has some for her her pokemon cards so i'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure something. Well, something. That's out. where you put all your Lionel racing stickers. Oh yeah, that's put them on the outside of the binder. Yeah, I could do that. I too. have a binder for uh, wrestling autographs. Oh, and that's where I put some of the uh, artwork that I have gotten from like loot boxes and the like fully posable. Some of their their things that came. 
mm. uh, Jason Wolf, some of his stuff. I, I put the artwork inside the plastic sleeve on the outsides of the binder. Oh, that's a good idea. But, um, yeah, if anybody comes across any Ross Chastain cards that are any good, y'all let me know. Dude, I popped so hard because I thought I got a Kyle Busch <laughs> 2023. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah. It's just I, the winner from this past week. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. There's a reason why I haven't went in depth in the, uh, in the Marbles Fantasy Cup point standings yet. I just... <sighs> I just don't. I just don't want to. <laughs> well, we talked about the winners. I don't want we'll to talk about. We talk about Richmond coming up. Uh, I don't really have some good suggestions for drivers to pick at Richmond. I don't either. I I have an idea who I'm going to pick, but also this is a track that they're going to actually have practice. In, so, so, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to keep an eye open on that kind of stuff. I'm see not. Where it goes. I'm not going to make my pick until Sunday morning. I'm tired of messing around. Like I just got to go strategic <laughs> for a little bit. None of no, no more of this willy nilly stuff. No more, but for sure. But uh, I also want to let, um, Oh gosh, Tim and Caitlin know in particular, because you and Justin already have been on this list, but I have, uh, I'm keeping track of how many wins people accumulate during their in the marbles, uh, fantasy cup career so tim and caitlin are now on the uh most win list and there's only i think six of us so it's kind of a, an exclusive club so caitlin and tim should feel well very welcomed but who's at the top soda i don't even want to talk <laughs> to you anymore bro but yes <laughs> congratulations to you you are the most winningest driver in in the marbles fantasy cup series history just, just because we count last year yes just we do because we you know between me and you we count last year yes so uh, but that only adds one a piece for us <laughs> yeah i mean it's not that big of an advantage guys <laughs> calm down go ahead and put your uh pitchforks down like i promise you uh no i'm really excited uh i, I gotta work both I, I gotta work two jobs on friday one on Saturday, and then I should be off on Sunday. So, nope, that's not true. Um, anyways, so I, I should, I'm gonna do some research before I throw my pick out there, and I suggest everybody else does the same. Absolutely, yeah, my pick is coming Sunday. Heck I'm yeah, not, or at least after the first, at least after practice and qualifying's completed. Yes, at some point, some point after that, that's when I'm gonna decide. Um. Before we get out of here, you wanted to play a game. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. So this is obviously uh, the second edition of Who Am I? So five facts. It's all wrapped around Richmond Raceway. Um, but you're going to try to guess who the driver is. So clue number one. I have 43 starts at Richmond Raceway. Lord. Okay. That's a veteran. Big time veteran. Okay. Number two. I've led 1,235 laps at Richmond. Okay. Number three, average finish is 9.7 at Richmond. Really good. Okay. Number four, I have zero DNFs at Richmond. And the fifth one, I, I have competed, sorry, I have completed 99.3% of the total laps competed 
at Richmond. Does that make sense? I'm sorry, I didn't read that. Yeah, correctly. yeah, yeah. Of all the races that he's that he's been in, he's yes. completed over 99 percent of all the laps. Yes. So it's somebody who's always up front. Somebody who's been racing, who's has raced. I don't know if he's still racing or not. Has raced for a long time. Because 43, when you do two a year, that's over a 20-year career. Yes. Hmm. Well, so I can rule out Jeff Gordon. I was looking at some really good people at Richmond that had long careers. I can rule out Jeff Gordon because he had a longer career than that. Interesting. It's not going to be... Let's see, Jimmy Johnson's career spanned from 2004 to, now see, that's not 20 years. It's hard for me to jump in and say somebody like Rusty Wallace, because I fear like that would be a layup for you to give me Rusty Wallace, even though his stats kind of might match that. Right, yeah. Is it Rusty Wallace? No. Okay. Um... <clears throat> do I get any kind of clue whether or not he's still driving or the era he's driving in? Man, so I gave you five hints. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, he is currently still driving. Still driving? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he drives, you know, to Walmart or, you know, wherever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the clue. <laughs> yeah. He has a license, yeah. He's still driving. Yeah. Um. Let's see. It's got to be somebody that's had a long career that's still driving. So it's it's gonna be like like Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it has to be one of those two. So what's your final guess? I'll say Kyle Bush. Oh no, it was Kevin Harvick. Yeah, Kevin Harvick. <laughs> yeah. I figured there's no way you would not if Kyle Bush was an option, there wasn't no way you would do that. Yeah, that's awesome though. I mean, I'm gonna give it to you because I mean you've you nailed it. Like that was awesome. It's it's just because of longevity, especially yeah. if they're still driving. There's only like there's only a couple of people out there that's driven that long. Yeah. That's still there right now. Yeah. I mean Kyle Bush, though, maybe I guess uh, I guess he hasn't been there that long, has he? Nineteen years, so I guess that that wouldn't have made no sense. It had to been Harvick. If I had thought about it more, I would have picked Harvick. But I'd, yeah, I just saw a long career, and I thought Kyle Bush did pretty good there. But he did get wrecked once. Maybe that's that one percent of the yeah. laps he didn't complete. But yeah. uh, dang, Kevin Harvick, that's some excellent stats for Richmond. Yeah, that's like, what I thought. Ninety-nine percent of the laps. That means nope. he hardly ever even finished a lap down. Yeah. Let alone DNF'd. I think there's only, what did it say? Like two races he finished one lap down out of all those. But it was only one lap down. It wasn't like four. It, he never got wrecked. Yeah. You know, and this is obviously, well. That's like his no, he, got, he definitely got wrecked at Richmond with Ricky Rudd. That's when he jumped on the, the hood. So. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that was right at the end of the race, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, the other guy jumped on the hood. Like Kevin Harvick, 
he didn't really jump on the hood. It was oh. like his crew, his crew yeah. member jumped down, slammed down the hood, and then that's when the big fight broke out. And Ricky said, oh, "I can't hear what he's saying." He said that little yap yap mouth. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That was that was two thousand three. Uh, I want to say two thousand two. Two thousand two. That he was driving that ET car. Uh, it, yeah. might been, it might have been. It might have been two thousand three. I want to say it was either two thousand two or two thousand three. One of those two. I think Rudd was still driving the 28. Uh, 21. Was he in the 21 by then? Okay. Uh, I believe so. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I was close. I, I don't know why I picked Kyle Busch over Kevin Harvick. I just figured you would have chose Kyle Busch. Yeah, I'm giving it to you because that was spot on. That was awesome. Well, on top of that, though, I had to ask one more. I had to, I had to see if he was still driving or not. So Kevin Harvick wasn't on my radar until you said he was still driving. So. I'm just glad that you haven't know. you haven't done any of this towards me because I I'm, I'd hate that I I'm not good with stats like that that's wild. Uh, I can give you a layup. I've won seven Daytona 500s. Which of Petty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which of Petty? I'm tired. The only driver to do that. That's scary because it took me like what. <laughs> like a four second hesitation of like straight panic, like oh no, who's one seven? And I was like, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Golly. All right, I think we're gonna get out of here. We uh have went long enough on this show now. Everybody get your picks in before Sunday, before the green flag starts with Richmond International Raceway, I think it's yeah, IR, is that what they call it? Uh Richmond, Richmond International Raceway. Raceway. It's not International it's, Raceway anymore? I don't think so. I think it's just Richmond Raceway. <laughs> Changing names and junk. Mm-hmm. What is this? You used to always be Richmond International Raceway. I know. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, we're going to go through the podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, check out Fully Postable Wrestling Figure Podcast. They just they just dropped that crowdfund project. Yes. Mattel did. That Nitro stage. With yeah. all those ultimates, if it makes it to eleven thousand backers, mm-hmm. are you doing it? We'll see. If I, I got, had... I got till next Friday to decide, before, so I can get the early access. So, oh, I was gonna say next Friday. What are you talking about? If I had four hundred and fifty dollars just like laying around, I totally would. <laughs> just, just for the Mysterio. <laughs> I, I love the um, the stage itself is awesome, but I yeah. love the Steiner and the Ultimate Warrior. The problem mm-hmm. is, those are the very back of the thing so i yeah. might do it and then if it doesn't make it to there like the day before like maybe just before if it doesn't make mm-hmm. that i'll just cancel it because i'm not spending that much money and not get everything they offer yeah absolutely feel like that's a bad deal if you do that you know what's next though right the reason i'm not doing this one is because i feel like i know what's coming after this one what's that it's I. It has to be the uh, the uh, or the stage that they showed at Access a couple years ago. The Raw, or was it Raw or WrestleMania or something? Like the it really? Was, yeah, yeah. I was there when it when it when it got displayed for the first time. Oh man, that was at WrestleMania 34 when they displayed that. I I mean, how is that not? Am I not the only one that's thinking that? Like, it has to be the next crowd well, under. It's kind of like what we're getting now just wcw style 
Yeah, right. I was never a, a WCW guy. So well, see, this is my teenage years right here. This is when wrestling all of a sudden, like I grew out of wrestling, and then all of this junk brought me right back into it. Oh, so this good. is my jam right here. Did you? Um, I was listening to another episode or another uh, podcast, and forgive me, I, I it's one of our friends, and I'm not quite sure if it was. I think it was fully posable, or no, it was uh, Breaker and Bates Power Hour. Did you know WCW only went for five and a half years? No, Nitro did. Oh, Nitro. Okay. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Not not WCW. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it seems like it was forever. Yeah. It, be, when you were living it, it seemed like it that war lasted forever. AEW yeah. is, is like right there. Mm-hmm. They're like four and a half years or something, or three three and a half years. Yeah, it times weird. Times really weird because I I like when I was a kid. I feel like people like Randy Savage and Jake the Snake and Rick Rude had these long WWF careers. In reality, it was like four or five years. Yeah, that's wild. Like, God, just like Jake was only in there from like eighty six to eight. I think eighty six to ninety two. Yeah. And then he was out to WCW. You know, I was like, that's it? <laughs> Dang, Kofi Kingston's been in WWE for like WWE for like 20 years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was, it's already been eight years. I, I believe it was today. Eight years from eight years ago today that Seth Rollins cashed in at WrestleMania. These guys today, they just think I don't know. It made it it makes it feel different when I was a kid. Yeah, where these these, I don't know. Maybe it makes, maybe that's why things feel more important mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And it isn't just necessarily childhood nostalgia. Mm. It's yeah. the fact that they didn't have that long of a run, so everything they did meant more. Yeah, as opposed to these people going 12, 15, 16 years and wrestling the same people over and over and over again. Like how many matches has Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar had now? A lot. Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> a ton. <laughs> I saw two of them uh, six years apart from each other or five years apart from each other. I saw two of them between SummerSlam last year and WrestleMania 34. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you know what's wild? Hmm. The last, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, the last WWE event that I ever went to was TLC 2019 in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time Roman Reigns ever lost. <laughs> Except for this coming Sunday, I believe, when he loses to Cody Rhodes, which, by the way, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to use your peacock to, to watch <laughs> WrestleMania. I hope you don't mind. All right. Uh, <laughs> just don't, just, as long as don't kick me out of mine. <laughs> oh, does it do that? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I was gonna so. say, holy moly! You let me know, and I'll <laughs> I'll get off it. I'll just illegally do something. I don't know. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, also, <laughs> want to shout out Junk Wrestling History and uh, doing the favor with Eric and Barry. You can look back on some of their episodes from before. They um, are not quite running new shows right now, but they got mm-hmm. a back catalog to go to. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, I think uh, I think Steve's like me from that show. He's not going to end up being able to go to WrestleMania this year. Mm. And we were both at the one last year in Dallas. So we're probably like, everybody have fun. You know, just waving everybody as they go down there. 
We'll just be at home watching it on TV. Uh, also, Howling with the Wolf with Jason Wolf and his amazing chop shop. Good stuff he's putting out. He's, yeah. and, he's, and it looks like he's got some ideas. And I can't wait to see some of the things he's got going on with these decals he's printing and stuff. Uh, also, Magic in the Mouse is a Disney World podcast run by uh, Rant with Ant nice. and uh, his wife. Uh, so who do you got, Ethan? Yeah, I can't wait for uh, Jason Wolf to make an S.A. Rios action figure of some sort. That'd be pretty cool. And you know what? I've, I, you know, I am so jealous that you live an hour away from the beach. I've never been to a beach. You've been to WrestleMania, what, twice? Three. Uh, Three four times. times. Oh, four oh, times. I'm sorry. Four, four times. times. <laughs> I've never been to a WrestleMania. Man, I feel like I'm missing out on opportunities. No, that's okay. Um I'm happy for you. Uh, as always, I have uh, Breaker Bane's Power Hour, shop.banemusic.com. Uh, you know it's fake, right? Go listen to the archives. Uh, Brian Breaker's been kind of putting some feelers out there, t- uh, tweeting things, saying that he kind of wants to relaunch. You know it's fake, right? And if he ever decides to do that, just know that I'm pretty sure he has two people right here <laughs> that would be that would love to do that. Keep that in mind. I mean, I don't want to speak for you. Oh, sure. I've already <laughs> been on there once. I know, me too. I did it in person. It was so much fun. Uh so yeah. So uh you know well, it's see, you, I've never met Brian Breaker. That's true. I was planning on doing it at WrestleMania, but it got canceled with COVID. Finally, I got one up on <laughs> you. And I met Bane too. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, never met him either. <laughs> <laughs> so go listen to the archives if you know it's fake right uh saturday morning rumble wheel with brian breaker and daniel cross i'm wearing their t-shirt once again i don't know why i keep on doing this but uh tb toy cast with brian breaker and travis fowler go check that out the uh, no holds barred podcast with bill Venus. i don't know why i said it like that but uh yeah the legendary bill Venus. i'm what was their last episode about oh my gosh it was like Tyler beat up somebody. That's right, Tyler. My man. That was awesome. Man. <laughs> that was awesome. Heck yeah. Go, Tyler. Um, you heard the commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin with cameos from Rocco and Cole. Um, they always I swear that they had a question, and I'm gonna kick myself after I hear it, but I'm going to have to go back and do some research and figure out, and then we'll answer your questions next week. I promise. Uh, like make, tales, a, make a note. Yes. <laughs> like tales from the estate. Uh, go check out pulling up a chair with our friend, Tim at a chair shot. You heard his commercial earlier as well. Go check that out. Stolen gimmicks, pro wrestling podcast with Joe and Jordan reffing it up with Brian Hebner drops every Thursday where RJ from the, in the marbles fantasy cup is the producer. Also Lionel racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR has a podcast called authenticated the diecast collectors podcast. And that's all I got. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. If you would please rate and review and follow us on all the social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram at in the marbles pod. And you can also Find us on Facebook. You can email the podcast at inthemarblespod at gmail.com. Any questions or comments or anything like that. 
Also go to whatamaneuver.net and that's where you can find our shirts. Just click the search by store tab, scroll down to end the marbles and that's where our shirts will be. And if you go to skinnymixes.com, find something you like, use code marbles at 10, you know, at checkout for 10% off. And before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? Yeah. So thoughts and prayers to everybody that's affected uh, by the uh, shootings in Nashville this past week. It's pretty demoralizing when I feel like Americans have to start getting used to this every so often, you know, tragedy of complete, it, you know, it's just psycho, psycho, you know, but um, other than that, as always, peace, love, and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the Marvels. <laughs>